Hey guys, Eric Lindine here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Uh, so good to be here again after a couple of weeks off. Why don't you stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Last fall, we kicked off a brand new series called New Beginnings in the book of Genesis. We went through chapters 1 through 11. We took a break for Christmas, and now we are uh, in chapter 12. Uh, so here's the reading for today. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran, and Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people that they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. When they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going toward the Negev. Uh, This is God's word. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are here in this place. God, thank you that after a couple weeks off, we can come back together at the start of this new year, uh, just singing to you, offering prayers, opening your word. God, I pray that everyone in here would leave with a little more faith, a little more hope, a little more love, a little more peace in their lives. Thank you for all your blessings. In your name we pray, amen. You can take a seat. Well, I see at least one jersey. Who else is excited for football today and the playoffs to start real soon? Yeah, yeah. How many of us believe this is the year for the Vikings? We've got it, right? How many of you think, eh, maybe? Yeah. How many of you think the Packers are rolling just enough to lose the NFC Championship game to the 49ers? Yeah, probably going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love football. This is an exciting time because it's all coming down to this. But I also love romantic comedies. I love football. I love romantic comedies. Anybody else? Uh, Serendipity. You've got mail. Hitch. Hitch is one of my favorite romantic comedies. Uh, have you ever seen that one? Uh, here we got, we got Will Smith and Kevin James. It's a great movie. Uh, good chemistry. Uh, I even learned how to dance in that movie. I just learned you how to keep your elbows in. You just do this, right? That's, that's my wedding dance. That's, that's all I got. That's all I got. Like Josh Olsen when he's up here, he's got real dance moves. I don't, but I keep it nice and tight and it's all good. But it's a good movie. And there's this scene where, where Will Smith is trying to help Kevin James get the woman that he loves. And so he's helping Kevin's character uh, dress differently for this upcoming date. And 
there's this moment where Will is kind of giving him some, some fashion tips, and he says, I don't think those shoes are me. And Will Smith looks at him and says, you is a very fluid concept right now. <laughs> like, we're trying to remake you and just kind of how you look. And it's kind of a trite moment in a lighthearted movie, but that phrase, you, is a very fluid concept, is actually quite profound and, in a way, I think very countercultural to what I hear so much in our culture today. So you think too often we think of ourselves as just, this is me. It's kind of, I'm just static human. I'm unpliable. This is who I am. Uh, we've all heard people say that. We've probably heard that as well. Well, this is just who I am. This is my Enneagram typer. This is my Myers-Briggs profile. These are my strength finders. This is who I am. Kind of take it or leave it. And it's like, ah, oh, well, that's not me, or this is me. And we think of ourselves as this noun. I've heard it described as faithless fatalism, that, well, this is just who I am. I can't change. But that's not the way you and I were created. See, we are created from, from dust and clay, and we saw that in Genesis chapter 1, but we've also been filled with the divine breath of God. And only God can rightly be described as I am. See, we are different. We're going to go back to that. My friend Steve says, you are not a noun. You are a verb. You are endlessly becoming. This year in 2023, I hope you don't end the year the same as you go into this year. You are growing. You are changing. You are allowing the Holy Spirit to become the dominant influence of your life to change you into the person that God wants you to be. So we should never be satisfied or limited with who we are, and just say, well, I can't change anymore. I can't improve. I can't grow. See, we are all on a journey. And as long as you have breath in your lungs, you still have another chapter to your story. See, God is I am, but you should become. We're going to see that Abraham goes on this journey, and he continues on this journey. He's always on the move for these 10 chapters or so we're going to be in between now and Easter. That's the same for you and me. We are always on a journey. We are endlessly becoming. And this is the year I want to see you grow in faith. I want to see you grow in hope. I want to see you grow in love, in grace. How many of you fans are of TV shows like, like Stranger Things or, or Downton Abbey? Yeah, like, right, we have these great TV shows. And oftentimes, if you get hooked on a show that's brand new, like Stranger Things or something that hasn't finished yet, you can like binge watch those series but then at a certain point, you catch up, right? And you got to wait for more episodes to come out. And so you're, you're kind of in the season of like, oh, what's going to happen next with these characters? You know, are they going to grow? Are they going to change? Are they going to die? You know, who knows? And I really think the book of Genesis is like a multi-part TV series. And before we took a four-week break at Christmas, we covered Genesis 1 through 11. And it's like one of those TV shows that ends on this cliffhanger. And that's where we ended, if you remember that, uh, the first week of Advent of there's a group of people who come together and they want to make their names great. And so they build this tower of Babel in the city of Babylon. And then God comes down and he scatters the people. And it's like, what's going to happen now? And that's where we ended at the end of November. And we paused for Christmas. And now we're getting back into it. We can see... If we look back, Genesis 1 through 11, it's really all about blessings and curses. And we don't know when we get to the end of chapter 11, when we took our break last fall, what's going to win out, blessings or curses? 
God blesses Adam and Eve in, in Genesis 1. Go be fruitful and multiply and you are blessed. But then they're cursed in Genesis chapter 3. Cain, the first murderer, he's cursed in chapter 4 for killing his brother. In chapter 9, Noah blesses two of his sons and then curses his other son for something shady that the text doesn't tell us exactly what happened while Noah is passed out drunk and naked in a tent and one son goes in and we don't know what exactly happens, but through that, Noah curses one of his sons. So you have blessings, curses, which one's gonna win out? And also in this story, you can start to see themes starting to emerge. In Genesis 1, we start with Adam or Adam, it means man, and he has three sons, Cain, Abel, and Seth. Then we jump 10 generations to Noah in chapter 6, and he also has three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Well, end of chapter 11, now we're going to jump 10 more generations into a man named Terah, or Terah, who had three sons as well, Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Uh, to quote one of my favorite uh, uh, writers and directors, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Did you get that, Matt? That's George Lucas' quote. Anyways, all right. But you get this, like, Adam, Adam, three sons, ten generations. Noah, three sons, ten generations. Terah, three sons. And so you, we got this kind of, this, this, this theme here going through here. And so one of Terah's sons' name is Abram. And Genesis 12 starts with God telling Abram, I'm going to bless you. And so of really, we're going to look at now Abram, where he becomes Abraham over the next several 10 weeks or so. And of all the people who have lived other than Jesus, Abram is maybe one of the most important people and certainly one of the most famous men who have ever lived. Three major religions look to Abram or Abraham as their founder, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. His name appears more than 300 times in the Bible. He's talked about in all four Gospels. If we look at Hebrews 11, the great faith chapter, most of the heroes of the Old Testament get one verse. Uh, Moses, the prince of Egypt and the author of the first five books of the Bible, he gets six verses, but Abraham gets 12 verses. The Apostle Paul tells us that Abraham is the father of all those who believe, who have faith in God. And here, by God speaking to Abraham and saying, I'm going to bless you, the Bible's telling us that God has not given up on humanity yet. I think that's good news. That after the flood, after the scattering of the people, God has not given up on people yet. But now he's going to kind of change his plan a little bit. That instead of kind of general blessings, he's going to pick one family, one man, and in his infinite wisdom and grace, he's going to bless him and his family. But God doesn't just bless Abram and his family. He says he's going to make Abram into a blessing. This is super important for us to understand. There's also something very important here that if we miss this piece, uh, we are not going to understand the Bible. We're not going to understand the gospel, the good news that God's word tells us. And Genesis doesn't tell us anything that Abram does to indicate that he deserves to be singled out to be the recipient of God's blessing. Abram is not blessed because he deserves it. God made these promises to him before he did anything to merit God's approval. If you're taking notes, you can write that down, that Abram did nothing to earn God's blessing. He did nothing to earn God's blessing. 
even after Abram obeys God and he's going to leave his land and, and journey to the promised land, we're going to see he's not too great at being faithful, at doing the right thing, as we're going to see in coming weeks. He, he will do some things for God, but then he's going to mess up royally and he's going to screw some things up in a, in a huge way. Remember back to Noah. We talked about him in the fall. God first extended grace to Noah before he was accounted to be a righteous person. He was just some redneck hillbilly who ended up passed out, drunk, and buck naked. That's who Noah is, but God showed him grace out of his infinite wisdom. Same here with Abram. What did Abram do to deserve God's blessing? Absolutely nothing. Now, we live in such a merit-based culture that we can look at it and say, well, that's not fair. Why did God pick Abram out of all the men in Babylon to call him out? Well, that's just the way God operates. The Bible tells us that God chooses some people not to exclude others, but actually to include them. He's going to choose one person out of many, not to exclude the many, but as a way to include the many. So you're like, wait, how does that work? Well, it's just that God has a particular way about this inclusion. God settles on one person in order to make him the way into including the others. This is one of the dominant themes of the Bible. God calls this one man Abraham, becomes a family, becomes a nation. But through this one man, through this one family, through this one nation, God wants to bless the whole world. That's how God works. So we've got this guy, Abram, and he's married to a lovely woman named Sarai. Now, Sarai's name means princess. She's probably hard to live with, right? When I was a teenager, my youth pastor told me, if you're hanging out at a youth group event or something and a girl walks up to you and she has the word princess on her t-shirt, you run. It doesn't matter how hot she is because she is trouble, right? That's Sarai, but apparently she is super attractive and we're gonna see in the next couple weeks that pretty much everyone wants to sleep with her even though she's the age of your grandma. So I don't know, she was very beautiful. This is God's word, guys. But Genesis 11, uh, so, so what we've got here is we've got this Babylonian guy named Abram. Uh, the book of Joshua tells us he served false gods. He didn't know the one true God. He's just a pagan guy from a pagan family living in a pagan land. He doesn't know God. He's not the guy we look at and say, yeah, that's the guy God's gonna choose to change the whole world. He's just some simple guy from Babylon worshiping false gods with a hot grandma wife. That's who Abram is. But here in the story of Genesis, things are gonna change. We're going to see start transition from creation to curse to covenant. We saw a little piece of this in the story of Noah, but that theme of covenant is going to be expanded greatly in the story of Abraham. So in Genesis 12, as far as we know, God has not spoken to anyone for hundreds of years, ever since he spoke to Noah, 10 generations, hundreds of years, long, long time. But then God shows up and speaks to Abram. Now, Abram didn't go to church. He didn't have a Bible, but God shows up and speaks to Abram. And I believe that God spoke to him, and he speaks to us today. And you can talk with God by getting into his word, by getting into the Bible. Every time we pick up scripture, God speaks to us. That's why we're so passionate here at Mosaic about going through books of the Bible, because we believe that's one of the great ways to have God speak to us. That's why we have our community groups go through the same text that we talk about on Sunday morning, so you can go into it in a, in a deeper way with others in conversation, in community. To be honest with you, I get a kick out of teaching God's Word. I love preaching through books of the Bible. I love teaching God's Word, but you know what's even better? 
for me than teaching God's word is when I hear stories that you are opening God's word and God starts to speak to you as you read his word, as you journal, as you pray, as God brings things to light, that's even better that God would speak to you directly through his word. So I want to encourage you, this, at the start of a new year, pick up your Bible. Start reading. Ask, God, speak to me through your word before I, I, I open up your word. And he will. Do you have a reading plan for 2023 yet? If you don't, now's a great time to start. You know, I encourage people, hey, read a psalm a day. You know, and you work through the 150 psalms, start over again. You know, start off in the Gospels. Pick Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Just start there. You know, if you can't read a chapter, read half a chapter. And then just work your way through that. Or on the Bible app on your phone, tons of reading plans. The best Bible plan is the one you actually do. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I struggle sometimes with, with the, you know, read through the Bible in 365 days. If that's the way your personality works, that's great. Dylan and I were talking about it this week during the Green Book. Like there's different uh, reading plans, different ways for different people because disciples are handcrafted. They're not mass-produced widgets. We're all different and unique. And so what I don't want is for you to pick some kind of reading plan and you fall behind and then you have to catch up and you feel guilty and shame. That is not what God wants for you. So just do something. You know, a psalm a day, and if you miss a day, great. That's fine. It's okay. Try not to miss two days. You know, try not to miss three, and then just get back on. Just get in a regular rhythm and rotation of just getting into God's word, and I promise God will speak to you, and your whole life will change when you start to hear from God. So let's dive into our, our text today. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. So we don't know what Abram was doing. He just says that God shows up and starts to speak to him. Like, we don't know. You know, was he, was he washing his camel? You know, was he mowing the lawn? We don't know. God doesn't say, hey, hey, just so you know, Eric, I'm going to speak to you next Thursday, so be ready. Like, God doesn't give us that warning. He just shows up sometimes and starts to speak to us. I think it's easy, too, when we look at these stories of, of Abraham and David and, and Moses and, and Noah to think, well, it was easy for them because God is always showing up. God's always speaking to them, guiding their every move. But Genesis doesn't say that. It really refers to God speaking to Abram only about once every 25 years. So there's a lot of his story that he's navigating without God directly speaking to him. Have you ever been in a crisis? Maybe you feel like you're in one right now. See, but God doesn't always speak to us when we're in those tough situations, but he's always there. He's leading us. He's guiding us. We have his word. We have community. So even when God seems silent, I encourage you, lean into his word. Lean into community. And know you're not alone. It may seem like God shows up and speaks to you know, people like Abraham all the time, but the reality is it isn't. There's a lot of their story that they're just going through blind. You look at the story of Joseph in the, in the Old Testament. Like 20 years goes by between he gets his dream uh, from God and when God shows up and speaks to him again. Like there's a, a lot of their story that, that, that they're navigating without God speaking to them. So this is the first time probably that God speaks to Abraham and he says, go. You know, not a lot of chatter, just go. Now remember, Abraham is 75 years old. Now I'm thinking, if I'm 75, 
right? I'm not going anywhere. It's like, I'm going to have everything delivered to me, right? It's like, I'm having groceries come in, movies, I'm old. It's like, the house is finally paid off. I'm just going to sit around and enjoy this. I got a nice house, a hot wife. It's all good. But God says, no, don't settle. You need to go. He says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And, and, and then I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. John Calvin, the great Reformation theologian, says it this way. He says, God told him, close your eyes and take my hand. Ah, isn't that beautiful? I think maybe that's a word for you today that God is whispering to you, hey, you're uncertain, just close your eyes and take my hand. And God is saying, I, over and over again, I will bless you, I will make your name great, I will lead you to new land, just trust me, I will bless you, I will make your name great. And again, here's the crazy thing, is remember, where is Abram coming from? He's coming from Babylon, the region of Babel. And why did God scatter them, you know, the people, uh, the Tower of Babel, because they wanted to make their name great. But now God is making a promise to this godless Babylonian man with a hot grandma wife that he's going to make his name great. See, the point is this, if you're taking notes. It's not what you desire, it's how you get it. See, it's not wrong to want to be wealthy. It's how you get it and what you're going to do with that wealth. Is it just for you or so that you can be a blessing to others? It's not wrong to want to have influence. It's what are you going to do with that influence? How do you get that influence? That's the important things. And so oftentimes God says, hey, your desire is right, but you have to wait on the right timing. Or how are you going to get this? Or even the reason behind that desire, uh, why do you want this? God tells him, I'm going to bless you so that you will be a blessing. He's going to be blessed to be a blessing. He's going to be blessed to be a blessing. It's not just blessed so that I can just, oh, I can sit and soak in the blessings and this is just about me. No, 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 no. It's overflowing with faith, hope, love, influence, wealth, generosity, all these things. I'm blessed to be a blessing. That's really the big idea for this whole series. And that's really going to be our big idea for 2023 is we are blessed to be a blessing. What's in your hand? About a year and a half ago, when we talked through the story of Moses. Moses is standing there before God in and, and, and the burning bush, and he has a staff in his hand, and God says, what's in your hand? I got the staff. Well, God says, let me use that staff. Throw it down. Comes a snake. Staff. Turns the Nile River into blood. Staff. Parts the Red Sea, right? I believe God is asking each and every one of us, what is in your hand? What unique Talents, abilities, influence, connections, experiences do you have that God wants to use to bless others? At the start of this year, I spent some time just, just praying and, and journaling, asking God, God, what do you want for our church in 2023? Uh, how are we blessed to be a blessing? And, and, and one of the things God put on my heart was, you know, there are a lot of families around us who I think are struggling, who are disconnected, who could use a little hope, a little connection, a little friendship, 
And, and in particular, I feel like God is leading us to bless families who are, are, are caring for foster kids who have adopted and single-parent homes. I, I, we love all families. We love all people. But I think specifically those groups, I believe God says, hey, we can bless those families. And so my parents, who attend here, have a theater company, and they're doing the musical Annie this weekend and next. If you don't know the story of Annie, it's an orphan girl who gets fostered by a single dad and then adopted. I think that's a beautiful story. And every time I see that show, I get all choked up because all truth is God's truth. And, and, and when a story tugs on your heartstrings, it's because it, it connects to the divine story of God. And, and we're all orphans really in need of adoption by our Heavenly Father, and, and God adopts us into his family. And what a beautiful thing. So I thought about that, I was like, man. So I talked to my parents, I'm like, hey, can we negotiate cheap ticket price? And then any family with foster kids, adopted kids, single family homes, we'll cover the ticket prices um, just, just out of our generosity. We just want to bless you. And I think it's a great opportunity for us to connect with some families who may be disconnected from other, maybe they don't have a home church. So we're going to be doing some posting uh, this week on social media. But if you know someone in your circles, anywhere you know, around here, uh, foster kids, adopted kids, single parent family, single parent home, hey, just say, hey, would you like on next Saturday, 3 o'clock, we just want to bust you some tickets. I'm going to be up on stage uh, during part of the welcome and just, and just say, hey, Mosaic Church, some of you here, we just want to bless you. And then that's going to be the first step uh, on blessing some of these families. And so then in February, what we're going to do is a way to teach our students how to outreach to others, our youth group, as well as adults. We, we kind of want like a one-to-one ratio of a student and adults. Uh, we're going to offer a time on the Friday before Valentine's Day to say, hey, uh, if you're one of these families, drop off your kids. Have a date night out. Hey, we want to bless you some gift cards. We want to just watch your kids. It teaches our students that they're here, they're blessed to be a blessing to, to watch these kids. Uh, it allows us to in, invest in those kids, to play some games with them, just a, a great experience. Uh, and then those, those parents who sometimes struggle maybe to find someone to watch their kids, hey, they get to go out and just be a blessing. Again, or connect with them. And then in March or April, uh, we're going to work out the details. What I would like to do is offer a parenting seminar and for free for any parents, um, but particularly we want to reach out to those families of foster, adoption, single-parent homes, but anyone. And then what I want to do is just have a panel of, of speakers, uh, and we'll figure out all the details on how this looks exactly. Um, uh, my in-laws, Christmas parents, wrote a book on parenting. Hey, let's give up free parenting books. And then let's talk experience of someone like Matt as a foster dad. What is your experience? Someone like Josh Olson, who's adopted and, and then now is a dad and is a stay-at-home dad now in his experience. Someone like, like me and Kristen have experienced infertility, um, and Kristen's also has adopted sisters. And so how can we share in a very real way some of these real issues, adoption, fostering, infertility, uh, you know, uh, just our, our own baggage as parents, how do we do this? And, and so we feel like these things can build on each other. And, and so we're saying, hey, what's in our hands? How can we bless others? How are we blessed to be a blessing? Because we're conduits so that God can bless others through us, amen? Whether that's wealth or knowledge or talents, whatever, in whatever way God has blessed you, it's so that you can be a blessing to others. Share those things. 
See, you and I are endlessly becoming. You are not a noun. You are a verb. As you grow and expand and journey with God, he wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. As you go through tough times in life, you gain more experience, and now you can speak into that. Like, yeah, I've been through that too. That was really hard. Let me share how I navigated that. You know, as a church, uh, our goal is to give at least 10% of what comes in to go out because we want to be a blessing to ministries in northern Minnesota and Thailand and, you know, around the world. As a church, we've been blessed and we want to be a blessing to others. So let's, let's continue on. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. And Abraham was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abraham took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, because they don't have any uh, kids of their own right now. And you find out Sarai, even though she's really beautiful, she's barren, infertility, we don't know why. That's going to come into our story. So they bring their nephew, because his dad had died, and they kind of adopt him in. So they bring all their possessions they had gathered, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out to go to the land of Canaan. Now, just kind of a quick side note, the people they had acquired, there's kind of two ways you can interpret that. Perhaps the people they purchased as slaves could also be converts. So either way, it's perhaps now Abram has met the one true God and he's shared this with others. And so he's converted people from the godless uh, Babylonian religion. And so now they're journeying with him because they've converted um, or it's people he's purchased. We don't really know. So it kind of depends on what you, how you want to interpret that. And when they came to the land of Canaan, Abram passed through the land to the place of Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. All right, so there's a lot going on here. And I just want to unpack this just real quick. Uh, it's interesting. I, I was meeting with a pastor yesterday or Friday for coffee, and I was saying uh, seven years ago, journey through the book of Genesis. And so it's been interesting now to return to it as a pastor, uh, whereas seven years ago, brand new lead pastor, I've been in ministry at that time for whatever, 23 minus seven is 15 years, 16 years. Uh, but then now, seven years later, looking at things and like things that I totally didn't catch the first time. I was like, oh, the second time I'm catching. All right, why are there some random details here? Did anyone else notice this? Like, why is he telling us he went to this oak tree? It's super random, right? It's so easy to like just fly by these random details. And, but the thing is, if God puts these details in, if Moses, most likely our author, is putting these details in, it's for a reason. All right, so morah means the place of seeing. So why does he go there to a tree? Because God says, hey, go to this place, and then you're going to see me. So he shows up at a tree, of seeing. Now, in Genesis in particular, anytime you see certain words like an oak tree, that's what's called the hyperlink, like if you're in a blog and you click on it, and the author wants us to think back to the first time we saw a tree. And it's the tree of life in the Garden of Eden. And so we've been wandering, we've been lost, we've been scattered, but now this is a return to Eden, a return to Shalom with God and others and creation. It's also a hyperlink pointing forward to the day where you're going to see God at the tree. And so the Canaanites are in this land, so he's surrounded by enemies. Then the Lord appeared to Abram at the place of seeing, 
Abraham seized the Lord and said, to your offspring, I will give this land. And so what is Abraham's response to seeing God at the tree? He worships him, who had appeared to him. But Abraham is journeying. He's never just static. And so from there, he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel. Bethel means house of the Lord. We sang that song this morning. Let's go to the house of the Lord. That's where Abraham goes. And he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Abram goes to a place. He sees God at the tree. He goes to the house of the Lord. And what's his response to the house of the Lord? To build an altar to the Lord, to start to worship, and to call upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed on, still going towards the Negev. He's continuing to journey and go. But at this tree... Abram sees God. So I just want us to pause there. Because that's, that's a promise for what was the tree of life and, and the Eden where we're, we're meant to be. But also, again, it's, it's pointing forward to the day that God is going to show himself and who he truly is on that tree, on that cross, And on that cross, God showed his love for us. And there's just something about that tree, something about that cross that we should never get tired of talking about. Amen? There's just something about that blood that cleanses all our sins, that oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, we could never get tired of singing about that tree at the hill of Calvary, where God showed us who he truly is. And see, we're journeying through this Old Testament. I think all these Old Testament stories, what does it matter? But it promises it's on that tree that's to come. And who dies on that cross? Jesus, from the line of Abraham. He's both God and man. We don't understand that. He's not half God. He's not half man. He is the God man. He's not a third thing. He is man and God. And he's the only one who's able to take our sins. And we're going to see Abraham. He messes up and he fails and he lies and he, he's not perfect. We say there's only one true hero of the Bible. The story is about one. And that's God. And he came in the flesh and he died on a tree for you and me. So no matter what we've done, no matter what's been done to us, we can find grace and healing and forgiveness. And today as we start this new year, I encourage you to look to the tree. Look to the cross. That's where you're going to see God. And what was Abraham's response? He worshipped. He went to the house of the Lord and he worshipped. Call upon the name of the Lord. And this year, like Abraham, you're going to be in motion. And we're going to see the people of God are constantly in motion, except for when they're in slavery for 400 years. But otherwise, they're in motion, they're moving, they're journeying, they're becoming in the same way. And Jesus is also always in motion. Jesus means Yeshua. It means God saves. Jesus literally, his name is a verb. He saves. He is saving. He saved us. He's continuing to save us. Jesus is on the move. And will you join him this year of being on the move? Will you look to the tree as your source of hope and encouragement of where God died for us? 
Will you build an altar? Will you worship? Will you come to the house of God? And to know we've been so blessed that on that cross, all our sins and guilt was, was, was forgiven. It was all walked, washed away. We can be new in him. We can be adopted to him. But what do we do with that now? We're blessed to be a blessing. So how are we going to be a blessing? And sometimes God asks people to leave one situation, like Abram, so that he can bring them to another better situation. Sometimes God gives gives back to us far more than we left behind. Abraham had to leave his home, had to leave everything he knew to go somewhere new. This year as a church, we continue to pray and fast and believe that God is leading us to something new. We don't know what that is. We've been asking God for a permanent home. God, what is this? And at some point, I believe God's going to ask us to move again. We don't think Osseo High School is our permanent home. Amen. But like the people of, of, of God, we continue to trust. We, we stay. When he says stay, and when he says go, we go. So we just have open hands. We ask God, lead us like you've led Abraham. Uh, and and we, we wait for the promised land. And different people are asked to leave different things. Your story is going to be different than someone else's. See, the rich young ruler who approached Jesus, Jesus says, hey, give all you have and give it to the poor. That's the only person he said that to. Jesus didn't make that requirement for everyone. So right now, what I want you to do is take your notes, and as we wrap up here, what is God asking you to leave behind at the start of this year? Make it personal. This year, I will stop what? Write that down. Now, I don't want it to be like, I'm going to stop feeling so guilty. Like, you have no control over that, right? No, what's a specific action, not just a thought or a feeling, you're going to do? I'm going to stop drinking this year. Maybe. I'm going to stop looking at porn this year. Maybe. I'm going to stop just relying on myself and I'm going to trust others. I don't know. What is that thing that you need to stop doing? You know it. And God's been speaking to you. And this is the great opportunity to stop and to leave that behind. Number two, I'm going to start, what is it? Maybe you realize, you know what, last year, you just didn't open your Bible hardly ever. And, and, and you know, man, I still can't believe <laughs> the number of people at our church I'll talk to and be like, hey, when's the last time you opened their Bible? And they're like, uh, I don't know, 12 months ago. Like, what? Like, it, no shame or guilt, but do better, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> we can all do better, right? Start of this year, what are you going to start doing? Maybe it's getting in God's word. Maybe it's praying. Maybe you've never tried fasting before. You're like, I'm going to start fasting. I don't even know how that works. You can look online. We'll share some resources this week uh, in my email tomorrow on fasting. But we are asking everyone, hey, the next 21 days, starting tomorrow, will you start this year with 21 days focusing on God and prayer and fasting? What is fasting? Fasting is abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. Now, it is awesome to take social media breaks, breaks from your phone, you know, all these other things. That ain't fasting, okay? Fasting is abstaining from food for a spiritual purpose. That's, I don't make the rules. God does, okay? So if God's calling you to leave behind social media, great. Now, medically, not everyone can fast. Totally get that. But there's lots of different ways you can fast. In the Bible, it's called the Daniel fast. That's just eating vegetables and fruits and water. You know, you can fast from sunup 
to sundown. You can fast one meal. Now again, it's for a spiritual purpose. So if you're going to fast lunch, don't just keep working through lunch. It's not just skipping a meal. It's saying, okay, now I'm fasting lunch, so at noon I got my timer set, and now I'm going to go, and whatever you can start with, five minutes timer, I'm going to spend some time praying. 10, 15, 30 minutes, what can you do? So in place of when you normally be eating, you're spending that time in prayer. That's the goal. And so some ways we're going to try to help you is Pastor Ryan and I and some other leaders in our church over the next 21 days, on all the weekdays, at noon, we're just going to hop on Facebook for everyone who's on social media and say, hey, join us for a quick five-minute devotional, and we're just going to lead you through a time of prayer, just as a way to, to hopefully say, hey, we're all doing this together. But regardless, we're going to ask you, if you can, can you commit from, you know, noon to 12.10, 12.05? Can you do that, you know, for these next 25, uh, 21 days? And, and see, there's encouragement in knowing Others are praying with you at that same time. And what we're going to be praying about is some very specific things. Number one, uh, our, our future as a church. God, where are you leading us? Make it clear when to stay and when to go. Number two, God, help us to be a blessing to those around us, in particular families who may be struggling, who need a little hope, who need a little encouragement, perhaps foster families, adoption families, single parent homes, but all all families, how can we be blessing to those? And then the third thing is I would like everyone to think of one person in your life who does not know Jesus. Would you pray, as crazy as it seems, that they would come to a faith and knowledge of Jesus, that they would look at the cross, they would bow the knee, they would be saved and adopted into his family. And then I want to gather together after this on the 29th is when our fast will end, and I would love to have the testimony time during service and, and, and just see what did God do in you? What prayers were answered for those 21 days? And if we go in expectant, I believe God will answer our prayers. And then the third thing I want you to write down is I will follow God as he leads me to, as he calls me to do what? This year, is there a step of faith you believe God is calling you to do? Again, launching a new business, a new ministry, uh, you know, uh, doing the green book with someone, or maybe you finished the green book and now you're going to lead someone else and you're going to disciple someone. Uh, you're going to start coming, you know, at 8 o'clock to our, 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 our prayers um, uh, at the ministry center. You're going to join a community group. Where is God leading you into that step of faith? We are endlessly becoming, as a church, as individuals, we never arrive. We never say, now we're done, we're finished. We grow and we journey together. And I firmly believe God's going to bless Mosaic as we continue to journey and we grow so that we can be a blessing to others. Amen? Let's journey together and figure out what it means to bless those in our community and around the world. Would you join me in prayer as the band comes up? God, thank you. Thank you again for your word. Thank you for the story of Abraham and Abram and God, thank you that you have blessed us. I pray, God, that every time we think of the cross and we look to the tree, God, we would just be overwhelmed with your love for us and, and how your grace was shown to us. And then you rose again on that third day, conquering sin and shame and death, and you have invited us now to be in your family, not because we deserve it, but simply because you desire to pour your grace upon us, nothing that we could do to earn it. So God, I just want to pray right now. Perhaps there's someone who's in the room, perhaps there's someone watching online 
and they have not made that, that step of faith to follow you. Maybe they've been held captive by shame and guilt and sin and, and their heart is pounding and they think, could I take that step of faith to trust in a God enough? God, I pray right now your Holy Spirit would convict, would speak to them right now, God, that they would know that you love them so, so much. And not because they've done anything to deserve it, but simply because of their great love and grace that was shown on the cross, on the tree for us. And God, I pray right now they would know they can know you, they can be adopted into your family, that they can receive grace and forgiveness and start a new life with you. That all their past can be washed away. And they can start this year in new life. God, I pray right now you just speak to them, speak to their hearts, whether they're here in this room, whether they're online, wherever they are not right now, God. We know, God, that you can be speaking to them. And if that's you this morning, if you feel just your heart is pounding and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and you need a fresh start, you need to say yes to Jesus, you need to cross that line of faith, I would love to just help you take that next step. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth, if we believe in our hearts, if we put our faith and trust in Jesus and in his work alone, then we can be saved, not because of anything that we have done, but because of what God has done on the cross for us. And so all you need to do is just to pray this quietly to yourself. Jesus, I am a sinner in need of you and your forgiveness. I believe in you. I trust in you. Be my leader and my savior. Jesus, I give you my life. And that's not the whole conversation you need to have with God, but it's the good start. And if you prayed that, if you believe that, if you confess with your mouth, the Bible says you truly will be saved and you'll be adopted into God's family and your shame and guilt and sin will all be washed away. God, I thank you for anyone in this room, anyone online who prayed that prayer. I pray that they would truly know that they are saved, that you save, you're continuing to save us. You will save us one day when we die and see you face to face and that our, our future can be secure in you, not because of anything we've done, but what you have done. God, I pray that we as a church would realize how blessed we are and we would bless others. God, I pray that you'd give us influence to make a difference in families' lives, those struggling with infertility, those trying to foster, those trying to adopt, those raising preschoolers and babies and teenagers and adult kids. God, this would be a place of hope. This would be a place of just feeling that we are in this together, that we are not alone. God, we ask for, for more families, more individuals, more, more people who need you so that we can be a blessing, God. Thank you, God, for just, man, all your blessings in our lives. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for this faith family that I love so dearly. Thank you for the gift of community and encouragement. 
Thank you for everyone in this faith body who just who serves others and gives so freely. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Would you please stand? We're gonna go out of here singing. And uh, if today, for the very first time you made that decision to follow Jesus, I'd love to talk with you. You can just shoot me a text. Uh, my phone number, I think, is on our website. Uh, or you can send an email on the contact page or just talk to me. Put it on your connection card. If maybe even today you just said, I needed a fresh start. And man, I, I just made a decision to kind of restart with God. Hey, I'd love to talk with you. We have me and others in our church who are disciple makers. What does that mean? Just helping people be more like Jesus. And what we like to do is just sit face-to-face with you for about 15 weeks and say, how can we help you take your next step? We have some awesome community groups, and during these 21 days of prayer, we're going to be focusing on praying uh, for our church, for our community, for each other. And those are on Tuesday nights, Wednesday nights, and Thursday nights, three in person, uh, one online. We also have some men's and women's Bible studies. We want to help you take your next step to help you get connected. May you know that you have been blessed to be a blessing, that you are not a noun, you are a verb, you are becoming, and Jesus wants to help you become the man or woman that he desires for you to be. May you know that God loves you so, so much, not because of what you've done, but because of what he has done on the cross. And if he did it with Abraham, if he did it with David and Joseph and Moses, and and all through the New Testament, he will do it today still. Amen? Let's go out of here singing. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.